Hello and welcome to Helios Blog. My name is Helios here for another reaction video. Today, Hassan Abi talks about addiction. Let's get into it. The reason she's alone is because she's difficult. Women are not accepting the bare minimum. Women fuck men they respect. All the women who say things like, I'm strong, independent, I don't need no man, like, y'all impress me. Women just gaslight each other and say what they want to hear. What? I ask you a bit more about no, your history with addiction. No, that's fine. I mean, I, I've okay. talked about it on stream before. Mm -hmm. um, I used to, I used to be a big binge drinker. I would black out all the time. Uh, I got arrested for a DUI, um, and I was lucky because, like, it was actually an instance where I was not uh, drunk driving, and that's the reason why I only got arrested, but never actually prosecuted for it. Um, but certainly, like, if I'm being honest, there were definitely times when I had, you know, um, there definitely had been times where I had, um, and after that, I, I had really good friends. I was very fortunate. I had a support system that pulled me aside and was like, bro, this is, you know, we, we, you got to stop. And I quit cold Turkey and I stopped drinking for a, a year and now I don't really drink either. Um, I still don't really drink. I, every now and then I'll drink one, but I, I've talked about this before. Like, you know, addiction is a, uh, anyone who is, who has sobered or anyone who has like struggled with addiction knows that it's a lifelong struggle. It just never goes away. Mm -hmm. You can mm -hmm. figure out ways to manage it. If you're really lucky, some, mo many people are not, if you're really lucky, you can even like, you know, sometimes give your toe back in. I do not suggest that for anyone though. Um, mm -hmm. I, like I said, it was very, it's just, you know. So, guys, again, if you guys are struggling with something like this, just know that, sadly, many men in 2023 don't have a support system at all. So, the world doesn't care about your struggles and you really need to take care of yourself and prevent the big problems. Watch out for illicit substances, right? And... In this case, he wasn't even addicted to an illicit substance. It was just alcohol, right? But again, too much of a good thing, as they say. So guys, you really need to take care of yourself because you are like a mental point of origin. You are the top of your own life. So you need, to, you need to take care of yourself, mind, body, and soul. And this has to do with your body, right? We can't be destroying ourselves like that if we want to live long and strong lives. So be very careful, guys. And to any of you that are taking the steps to, to better your lives in this, in this respect, I, I, do, I do commend you. Because it really is not an easy thing to do, to stop doing something that has been destroying you. And that's addictive. It's really not that easy. But guys, I commend you if you've gone down that road and are working towards that. It is a it is a lifelong struggle, regardless. And um, you know that was that was uh, one of those instances that was really hard for me to uh, really hard for me to deal with. But that's part of the reason why I know more about myself, about my addictive personality, which is why I am very careful with things that I I launch myself into. I try to manage what I call healthy addictions. Like streaming is definitely one, um, and and working out, 
know, eating right. These are yeah. things that Ooh, these are things that I hyper focus on. Um, but you know, it can get out of hand. But it, at mm -hmm. least like if my streaming addiction is getting out of hand, I'm still working. You know what I mean? And I love what I do, and it's very fulfilling for me. What about again? That's that's called a rationalization, right? Like obviously, uh, streaming or whatever is not an it's not a an a word, right? It's it's his job, right? Like he's just a person that works a lot. That's not a bad thing. A bad thing is doing something that actively destroys you and you can't stop because you're addicted. These are two different things. All right. Shilling time. Hit the like, hit the subscribe, go to my Patreon and subscribe, patreon.com slash the Helios blog. Drop me a donation like Hunter M, Adrian R, and Tom M. You just click on the more under the video and the links are there. Buy my books at bit.ly slash Helios books. Thanks a lot, guys. Shilling is over. Let's continue. About um, cigarettes and nicotine. Cigarettes and nicotine is actually a really good... Well, cigarettes in general is actually a really good way to, to manage addiction um, or to talk about addiction. You start smoking cigarettes. A lot of people start smoking cigarettes because they think it looks cool. Okay? That's right. And it kind of does. Let's be real. Sorry. Um... It, it, Can you really elaborate bad. on what you mean by, by that? I, I mean, I thought it looked cool when I was smoking. No, no, no. A sorry, not it looking cool, but it being a good way to manage addiction. Oh, it, it's a cigarettes is a good way to talk about managing addiction or how addiction works. For me, I, I've talked about it before on my stream as well. Where um, you start a little bit. Some people never actually smoke a second cigarette ever again, or want to smoke a second cigarette ever again. But the way I I analyze addiction. From uh, my smoking addiction was was informative at least for me and for others as well when I've talked about it where I see addiction as like the the time period between your first ever cigarette and your entire pack a day smoking habit developing shortening every single time you smoke and you quit smoking and you relapse so the first time you ever smoke a cigarette from that point on to get to an entire pack a day is going to take you maybe a year for some people, it's going to take a month. For others, it's just going to always stay social. A lot of people are social smokers. They smoke when they drink. They smoke when they're outside uh, with other people. There is, a, there is a camaraderie that comes along with it, right? And then every smoker has probably experienced this. They quit, okay? They quit smoking and, you know, they start feeling better and they, they stop smoking for a month. And then one night on a weak moment, right? They go out to a bar, someone's smoking, and they say, hey, you want a cigarette? And you go, yes, sure, I'll have one. Why not? Right. Um, so I'm not really an expert in this. I, I know, um, you know, biologically how uh, addiction works. Um, the point being, your body builds a tolerance to the substance that you're addicted to. Uh, and as a result of your body building a tolerance to the substance... You need more of the same, you need more to get the same result. So it applies to alcohol, which is why you see people, you know, they they need five beers to get a buzz instead of one beer, like when they first started, or, you know, they need, they need you know, 10 cigarettes to get the same feeling as when they first started, or and so on, right? 
or you know they need a cigarette every 15 minutes instead of you know every five hours or whatever because over time your body builds uh, a resistance to it um, because of homeostasis right your body is trying to keep a constant state and so when you when you introduce something new uh, your body kind of goes against it and this applies to coffee too and um, stuff like that although okay maybe maybe coffee um, is is an obvious one uh, pretty much like I don't know let's say 30% of people in the United States are addicted to coffee so a lot of people understand how that works um, it's just getting addicted to worse stuff than coffee right um, you know where you need let's say three cups of coffee to get the same effect as one cup when you first started drinking coffee it's the same with cigarettes and so on anyway let's continue okay and then you smoke that first cigarette and then you start bumming cigs off of people <laughs> over and over again every time you go out. And the more you bum, the more you're like, okay, it was fine. I'm still bumming. I'm not like buying a pack or anything. And then at a certain point, you decide this is how addiction creeps back into your life. Um, you say, hey, you know what? I'm sick and tired of bumming cigarettes. I'll just buy a pack, but I'll give it to other people. Okay. So you go and you buy a pack. You go and you buy a pack of Marlboro Reds, okay? Or you buy you buy uh, uh, fucking the one with the goddamn it the one that's like a chimney. The camel. No, no, the, no. The guys. Um, I, I was never the a big. Muscle. I was a Marlboro Red guy, but um, you 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 uh, no the one not Newport's chat. Old no ports. American spirits. American spirits. I said chimney, mm. and some people got it. Then you get Isn't American spirits because they're like not as tasty. And they're not as good and it lasts longer. But you buy a pack of American spirits and you're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to give this to other people, right? Because addiction is like rewiring your brain every moment and, and trying to get you to, you know, justify your actions, regardless of whether or not you recognize that that shit is killing you, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, again, a lot of behaviors can be traced to this. Um, so... What he is describing here is the, do the dopamine cycle, right? So, like, you do, the, you know, you smoke the cigarette, you feel good, and then, uh, you know, now next time you have to smoke two cigarettes to feel the same good, and three cigarettes, and, you know, then you justify, like, you know, you, you kind of gaslight yourself. Like, the reason I'm getting these isn't because I just want to feel good, uh, and I know smoking kills me, but, you know, whatever. Like, I'm, I'm not buying these for myself, I'm buying it so I can give them to other people, whatever. You're just, like... Any rationalization to get yourself to buy yourself the stuff that you want in order to do the thing that destroys you, right? And it's we can compare a lot of um, like let's let's talk about like you know girls and Tinder use for example. So uh, for for a lot of girls, like using Tinder is kind of like smoking, right? It's it's kind of it's just an addictive behavior. So they they do it because they get the dopamine hit from you know guys matching with them and then of course they get a gigantic oxytocin hit when they have bedroom fun with these guys and they just become addicted to this like you know at the tap of a button in 20 minutes you can have like this giant oxytocin hit and you feel terrible because you know you were at work doing some terrible you know some annoying garbage for whatever for a day or two or you know a week or a month and you just you just want that easy you know that easy fix and then you become addicted to that fix not realizing that the end product of that is not death for women, but uh, I mean, effectively it is, right? The life that they want to have with men dies with that behavior because men see that you're an addict and, you know, the same way that, you know, some girls won't date smokers, right? Um, some guys won't date 
a lot of guys they won't date uh what what do we call the the tinder addicts tinderellas i guess let's call them tinderellas so girls that are addicted to tinder right which is basically just an addiction to the cc or to sleeping with chad right that's the idea so it is a very similar thing just triggered by different substances in this case it's bedroom fun as opposed to cigarettes and it's really funny that this girl um what's her name a pokimane She's talking to her son about this, and she seems bored because, of course, she doesn't understand. She, she can't relate to it because women are solipsistic. They have trouble relating to things that they've never experienced or never done before. Um, but she has done it, right, if she's a Tinderella. And you buy a pack, and you're like, well, I'm going to give it to other people because I'm bumming. I'm sick and tired of bumming. And then before you know it, a month later, you're smoking a pack a day. You're waking up, and the first thing you do is rush to the fucking balcony, open the door, no matter how fucking cold it is outside, and light one up, okay? And you're smoking mm-hmm. an entire fucking pack a day, and you're back in it. That just- window of time between your first cigarette that you smoke versus the entire pack a day when it's like the final worst place you can get to, that window shortens every single time um, you, you quit smoking, and then start smoking again. Uh, oh, actually, this is very interesting. What Hassan is describing is that process of going from one cigarette to a pack a day, that's rewiring your brain. Once you've rewired it, those pathways are activated immediately, all of them, once you smoke one cigarette. So it makes sense that from that starting point to the full pack is faster because those pathways have already been activated so many times. They've been trained to activate. So that's that's the idea there. That's, in my opinion, how addiction grows uh, inside of you when you relapse. And that relapse refractory period is shorter and shorter and shorter every single time. It's the same with drinking as well. And a lot of people cannot uh, a lot of people cannot manage it at all, which is why, you know, addiction is a lifelong struggle, no matter what. And especially with vapes becoming much more common, I have oh, been yeah. so surprised to hear, even of friends that I have, that cannot go a night without waking up in the middle of the night and hitting their vape. Well, here's the thing. Um, vaping isn't healthier than smoking, right? But it's been marketed as something that's more healthy, right? And because it's marketed as something that's more healthy, you know, people are more okay with it. But it's really funny because initially people thought there was nothing unhealthy about smoking either, right? And then after that, the tobacco companies paid paid off the, you know, the medical association. Uh, I, f- I forgot what it's called. The American Medical Association or something like that. They paid them off, you know, to to say that cigarettes are fine or, you know, to hold off on publishing studies that, that said that cigarettes are bad for you. Um, at least for, for years they did that to, to keep selling, Right. Because they didn't care about the life of the people they were selling to. All they cared about was money, right? And the same with with these vapes, right? They don't care about you. They care about making money off of you. So, of course, whatever advertisement works to convince you to do it, that's what they'll say. Because they don't care about you. They care about making money off of you, obviously. 
and yeah vaping is really uh, to fucking some bad. extent that's like normalized to them vaping yeah. is bad of course because your brain is working like your brain is working constantly to tell you that like while everything is telling you that what you're doing is wrong and it's fucking you up because you're having a hard time walking up a fucking flight of stairs like you're 75 years old and you wake up in a, with a coughing fit in the middle of the fucking night, like that's not good. And your body is literally going, stop doing this shit. You're killing yourself. But your brain is like, no, but it feels so fucking good. So we're going to do everything we can to make you continue doing this. It's like the I devil think- on your shoulder. Right. Have you ever done something that you either regretted or didn't agree with due to due to your addiction or some sort of desire from your addiction? That's for sure. By the way, girls tend to do this with Chad, right? So what they do is they're addicted to Chad, right? They want to keep sleeping with him, of course. And so any justification to stay with him, even though it's destroying her, they'll go with. This is very common, guys. Especially in 2023. Actually, now that I think about it, I've never thought about it this way before. But, but I, it's, it struck me. Tinder is a lot like a drug for girls. Uh, like, like, now that I think about it. Social media too, but I, I'm thinking specifically about Tinder. Uh, you know, and, and dating apps in general. And they do anything to justify using that, right? Anything to justify keeping their options, anything to justify being able to sleep with Chad whenever they want. It's literally exactly like smoking. Now that I'm hearing, hearing them uh, talk, about, talk about it in this way. Very interesting. Again, in the same way that a lot of girls won't date smokers, I, I mean, maybe it's not such a good idea to date Tinderellas. I mean, smoking a pack a day, (laughs) that's like irreparable. You know what I mean? Indeed. I've caused irreparable harm to my fucking lungs probably. Um, But as far as like alcohol goes, certainly, you know, um, absolutely. I mean, I just told you, I I got arrested for a DUI. (laughs) It's pretty, it's, you know, it's pretty bad. Mm -hmm. Um, It's probably one of the worst things you can do, as a matter of fact. By the way, guys... Uh, what surprises me, um, is that a lot of girls, especially in 2023, if they hear you talking like this, you're a bad boy, they'll be instantly much more attracted to you because they're like, oh, I want to, you know, I want to fix him. I want to make him better. You know, I want to, uh, I want to convince him to stop being so bad to himself. Right. So I'll bet when he was in the, in the thick of it, you know, while he was, you know, smoking, drinking, you know, like going hard. Um, and also jacked and looking good um, at the gym. I'll bet you girls were all over this guy because, again, these are like the bad boy tells, right? All he needs is some tattoos. Um, Funny. Anyway, and actually, let's see if you guys notice this. There's a lot of tension in this conversation. Have you noticed that? Between uh, Pokemon and Hassan? Um, Guys, bedroom fun is tension plus logistics. So, because bedroom fun is tension plus logistics, the tension can be created anyway, including this. These kind of conversations where you say, oh, I used to, you know, I used to be X, Y, Z, and it's something horrible, right? The girls will be like, oh my God, like, 
I can't believe he did that. Like it's it, it creates that like the tension, that mystery, that wanting to fix the guy. These are real things, guys. That I'm not saying it's good, but I'm saying it happens. These are one of the attraction triggers for girls. So yes. Yeah, the only reason I ask is because I think one of the things that a lot of people don't understand, especially if you've never either personally dealt with addiction or have known someone that has, is how addiction can change a person's behavior to the point of you not being able to recognize them and them not even being able to recognize themselves. Sounds to me like like the girl is telling on herself. But anyway, uh, you know, like she's experienced someone who's who's had uh, these issues. Um, by the way, I wanted to mention virtue signaling here because I think Pokimane is doing it in this conversation. The questions she's asking and the kind of subtle ways that she's reacting to what her son is saying, she's saying, oh, I would never do those things. I would never be that. I would never do that, Im- implying that um, she's above that. That's virtue signaling, guys. Again, especially when a girl knows she's being watched and she has a wide audience, etc. They're, go- they're going to be more prone to this, to protecting their own reputation and showing that they're a good person. Because again, women are very afraid of being ostracized by the group. Just keep that in mind. Okay, uh, con- let's continue. Like addiction will truly take over a person's entire life. Someone, okay, I had a friend in um, university who was so smart, straight A's, not just like borderline genius, but really, really lively. I wonder if she's like when I say beautiful, I mean like beautiful soul, like that kind of a person. Look at how she's talking about this guy. Alpha widow. Mm-hmm. Like both socially smart and in class. Like really a joy to be around. And over time, I found out that he struggled. I knew it. It was a he. She didn't say that it was a he initially. Keep that in mind. But look, look at the body language change. Look, 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 look. Look how she's looking down and left. She's going into her memories she was uh, a little bit closer than she wants you to imagine by her virtue signaling stuff. But anyway, let's, let's, let's listen. With addiction to many, like, hard, hard drugs. You see, you see. And I got to know him very, very well. Ah! <laughs> look, look at her face. She, uh... <coughs> Excuse the cough. Sorry, guys. She has a um, kind of a regretful but also wistful look. That implies. What does it imply, guys? Bedroom fun! And to slowly over time also learn about certain things he would do, whether it's lying or stealing. Things that were just Ooh. so clearly not in line with who he was. Ooh. It almost felt like addiction was like a second face that he had. Or like a mask that he felt like he had to put on sometimes. Yeah. Notice she's also doing the preening behavior. Yeah. She had bedroom fun with this guy more than once, guys. I'd be very curious who that man was. But certainly an alpha widow. That's doubtless. All right. 
Uh, on to the Reddit article from Relationship Advice, posted five hours ago. Girl is 29. She's considering ending her engagement to a fiancé who's 32 over something that her friend told her, but she's not sure if she'd be making a mistake. All right. So I have a friend, Clark, who I've known forever. We grew up together. Clark's dad died recently, and I've been helping him to clean out the house. And this weekend, we found an engagement ring in his dad's stuff. Clark told me that it was a ring he bought for me back when he was in college and was going to give me when I graduated high school. But his dad found out and forbid him and took the ring away from him. So he never asked me to marry him and never told me about it until now. Ah, I see. So the guy was um, in the friend zone just waiting for his moment. Sniper mentality to, uh, to take... You see what I'm saying, guys? This is why we don't allow male friends in our in our girlfriend's life. Like, again, we're not out here dating girls with male friends. <clears throat> we're not out here doing that. Okay, uh, so the thing is, I did used to have a pretty big crush on Clark when we were kids, but I got over it since I never thought I had a shot with him. Ah, never mind. Maybe she maybe he's um he's the alpha and she's married to the beta. We'll see. Since he told me that he almost proposed to me. All I've been able to think about is how my life would have turned out if it had happened. I can't stop wondering if Clark is still interested in me now, and I feel like he might be because he said that he's always regretted not asking me to marry him because he was too scared of getting cut off to stand up to his dad. But he also did tell me that I could keep the ring now if I wanted it. But I feel like doing anything anywhere close to pursuing anything with Clark, even just talking about uh, talking to him about how he feels, is basically cheating on my fiancé. And the only ethical thing to do is to end things with him first. So she is so attracted to Clark that she's willing to end her relationship with her fiancé just to talk to him. Guys, it just goes to show you never know who your girl is. Right? Like, this could be hiding in the closet. And you don't even know. Imagine that. But until this happened, I've been happy with my fiancé. I'm not sure if I'm just tempted to act rashly because lately things have been stressful. We've been together for two years and we got engaged last October, so we just started wedding planning, which has frankly been pretty awful. And I'm not sure how much that's been influencing my feelings. But on the other hand, I'm wondering if in fact I'm having cold feet in the sense that maybe it's a good idea to step back. 2023, ladies and gentlemen. Top comment, let's see. This is probably one of those grass is always greener type situations. On top of that, you always want what you can't have. And now it's become clear that uh, what you couldn't have might be available. But the biggest thing here is that it's taking something very little for you to be reconsidering your entire engagement and marriage. That's significant. You even mentioned about ending things as an ethical way to approach this. I feel for your fiancé, it's completely unfair to him. The reason you get engaged and married is because they're the one for you. Obviously, you don't think he's the one for you. Take some real time to assess your feelings. Again, guys, this girl's a straight-up alpha widow. Or, or, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, instead of being happy with what she has, no, I've got to drop my fiancé and go for this guy. This is hypergamy 101, guys. And we're going to end the video there. If you're new to the channel, like in the content, hit that sub, hit all for notifications, drop me a donation. Like Hunter M, Adrian R, and Tom M. Just hit more underneath the video. The link is in the description box there. Go to my Patreon and subscribe. Patreon.com slash the Helios blog. Again, it's Patreon.com slash the Helios blog. Buy my books at bit.ly slash Helios books. Thank you so much for listening, guys, to the end. I really do appreciate it. Take care of yourselves, and I will see you next time.